Hello, and welcome to the Mama Mentor Podcast. My name is Joyce, and here we talk about everything life. So last week, um, we talked about um, mental health and how we need to just really take care of our mental health. This week, we're going to talk about frustrations and, and how do we deal with them? You know, as mothers, as women, as business women, how do we deal with our frustrations? What do we do? What do we do when crap's not going our way? You know, we talked about last week about building our resiliency so that when crap comes our way, we can deal with it. But what do we actually do when said crap comes our way? Now, I've had a mixed bag of a week. Um, We're kind of having that you know, torrential rain and then really hot weather. So you can't, it's, it's really hard to plan anything. So that's frustrating. And I've had a lot of stuff on my plate because it's also exam week for my son. So it's like the whole schedule is messed up. And I'm one of those people that I really rely on a schedule. I need to be able to predict what's going to happen in my day as best as possible. I'm not a fortune teller. Um, But I really do well with schedules, rituals, routines. That's, That's just always been my thing. I thrive under those things. So, you know, like I said, we've had one minute it's torrential rain pour, which I have to read. Just a side note, I have to redo the downspouts on the one corner of my house that's right by my bedroom because when we get these torrential downpours, I like I collect my rainwater, so I've got rain barrels. But the way that I've got it set up, and I know it's just going to be a small tweak, but like I said, it's either pouring rain or like 27 degrees Celsius. You know, neither, you know, it's hard to work in the pouring rain and 27 degrees Celsius, I kind of melt at about 25. But when it's raining, the noise that this downspout makes with that rain into the rain barrel, I kid you not. It is like, you know, when you're running a bath, and you turn the water on, and of course you turn it on really fast because you want the bath to fill up fast. Now imagine doing that, but then not putting the plug in, so it's just running. And the noise that that makes, and that's what that's making. And it seems to rain starting at about 9 o'clock at night and raining for the better part of the night. So as you can imagine, my sleep schedule, cycle, whatever you want to call it, is off. So that's frustration one. So I'm a little bit kind of sleep deprived. Um, I'm not the best sleeper to begin with, so I don't chase sleep the way some people do. Like, they're like, oh, I'm behind. I got to catch up. I don't do that. Because when you, when you have a history of bad sleeping, that will like cause you craziness if you just chase the sleep. So I just kind of, you know, it is what it is. I didn't have a good sleep. Maybe I'll have a good one tonight. Sometimes I sneak in a nap and that helps. Um, so there's that. So there's the weather, the hot, the rainy, and then the sweltering heat. And then we have exam week. So instead of school being like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he had school for like Tuesday morning, Thursday morning, and Friday morning. So it just messed me right up because I couldn't keep track of the days because I need it to be five days in a row and then it's the weekend and that's how I differentiate the week from the, the weekdays from the weekend. So that was, so weather, sleep, exam schedule. And then I also, um, it was the summer solstice this week. So I don't know if any of you guys did anything um, really great. Um, I went to a really amazing, well, we'll start off on Tuesday. I had a really great dinner with my friend, Amy. She's going to be a guest on the podcast. We're actually going to be recording that podcast very soon. Um, We just talked about the parameters. It was a great catch up. Um, We made plans actually to go on a, a girls weekend yoga meditation like wellness retreat in October so yay always wanted to go one on one of those now I'm gonna so excited 
So that was Tuesday. And then Wednesday, um, for the summer solstice, I went to a summer solstice special yoga class. Now I'll tell you what I Im imagined it was going to be. So, because it was 108 sun salutations to celebrate the summer solstice. Now, sometimes I just get ideas in my mind, like, you know, about events or something like that, or like if I'm going to go on a vacation, like I get a preconceived notion of what I think it's going to be. And usually I'm smart and I research to see if my preconceived notion matches the reality of the situation. This time I did not. So my preconceived notion was we were going to get on our yoga mats. There was going to be some centering, um, some meditation. Um, we were going to be doing like very, it was going to be very restorative. Um, restorative yoga is, is like slower. You hold the poses for longer. They're not as difficult as a pose. All that kind of stuff so that we could drink in the energy of the solstice. That's what I thought it was going to be. What it actually was, was one sun salutation was in very fast succession about, I don't know, eight moves, like eight different yoga moves done fairly quickly, like fairly quickly. And you do those eight, a hundred and eight times. <laughs> Needless to say, my anxiety kicked in and I was like, oh, wow. Um... In my, and, and I'm having this conversation in my head. Um, wow, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be doing all this. That's a lot. And so like I'm, you know, and then I was like, okay, no, sun salutations and yoga is very forgiving. I don't know if you've ever been to a yoga class, but the first thing that they always tell you when you start a yoga class is do modifications if you need to, slow down if you need to, take a slow relaxing pose if you need to, listen to your body, don't overdo it. The, yoga is not a competition. This is not an aerobics class. This is not a spin class. You are, it's you in your head and your body on the mat. So it doesn't really matter what everyone else is doing. And so I just really kind of went, okay, you know, keeping that in mind, kind of, you know, calm that anxiety. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it as much as I can. And I'm going to take breaks and meditative poses when I need to, to, to catch my breath and just take a beat. And it was a wonderful experience. A wonderful experience. Did I do all 108? No. To be fair, I don't think anybody, there was one girl right in front of me, I think she did all 108. But like even the teachers didn't do all 108. So, because it's a lot. Um, but I did a lot of them, like a lot of them. And I was really proud of myself and I felt really good and I felt really in touch with the solstice and really open to the blessings of the season and really centered, which is the whole purpose of this. So it was a success. Um, and then, um, so it's the weekend now because I always record my podcasts out at the farm. So it's the weekend I'm out at the farm. And, uh, so for the, this is the third time I have come out here with the intention of starting the rototiller because my son has done like a couple of passes, but it needs to have like probably two or three more passes to make the ground fluffy because we're kind of breaking ground. Like, so it's not like we're just tilling up last year's garden spot. We're making a garden spot and it's huge. And if you've ever broken ground, you know the difficulty I'm talking about. So he's done it a couple times. And um, he went camping with some buddies this weekend. So this is, like I said, the third time. So the last two times I, um, I did came out once by myself. And then I brought my youngest son out. And neither of us could get it started. So this is now time number three. And my oldest son, he was like, oh, I discovered the problem. Because in the meantime, like, he came when I was near. And I said, check over the rototiller, see if you can get it started. And if you can get it started, please till up the ground for me so that when I come out in a day or so, I can just get right to planting. Because I literally have all the seeds, all the fertilizer, all the everything. I just need the ground to be workable. And so, well, he said, so he found out it was the spark plug. I'm like, well, that's easy. So I, uh, he 
sent me a picture of what the spark plug looks like. He said, I don't have time to do it before I go on my, my like little camping trip with my friends. I'm like, no problem. I can get a spark plug, got a spark plug, came out here, literally got out of the car, didn't even go in the house, went right out to change the spark plug on this because I felt like I have got this because I've used power tools since I was 10 years old. I have used rototillers before lawnmowers, drive on lawnmowers, like all the things. So it's not like I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And it's not like I haven't changed a spark plug. I've changed spark plugs on vehicles before. So this is not like something that I'm going, oh, I'm not sure how to do this. So I changed the spark plug and I still can't get the mother started. So I have a breaking point and it usually involves, I'm not proud of this, but a little bit of a temper tantrum when crap like that doesn't work for me. When I can't get a machine started and it's, it's always a machine. If I can't get a machine started, this is the, this is the reaction. So I lose my shit for just a little bit. So I was like, I come on. It's one spark plug. I think it's like got, like it's got a two stroke engine or something. Like it's not like the rock. It's not a rocket ship. I'm not trying to like leave the atmosphere. I'm trying to turn this fucking thing on. Excuse my language. Hope I'll beep over that or something. Um, really frustrated. So, back to the original topic. What do we do when we get frustrated? So I've had a lot going on this week. So what do we do? So I had my little moment of, ah, this isn't working, you know, stomp around in a circle. And then I stopped because that's what I do. This is my, this is what I do when frustration starts to get the better of me is I stop and I remove myself from the situation. So in this case, I walked back in off the field and I thought, you know what? I'm just honestly, honestly, cause it's, it's, you know, early afternoon. Oh, and by the way, it's 27 degrees Celsius out here while I'm doing this. So that doesn't add to the whole whole thing so I remove myself from the situation the walk back from the field kind of calms me down I'm like you know what I've had a really frustrating week it hasn't been filled with a lot of great sleep my schedule has been messed up I am going to take the opportunity to have an afternoon nap and that's exactly what I did did I sleep mm, probably about half an hour the cat was really she clawed at my arm like quite deeply. You know, I won't have to get it amputated or anything, but yeah, it was unpleasant. But, you know, and then we snuggled, but, you know, it kind of disturbed my sleep. And so I wasn't going to go back to sleep. So I was just listening to my audiobook, just relaxing, just stretching out flat on the bed, listening to my audiobook, just taking a pause, just letting the week just slip away a little bit. Just kind of recentering myself. And that's what I like to do. I find um, because in my younger years, my oldest son can attest to this, I have a temper. I still have a temper. To be fair, I still have a temper. The difference between then and now is I tend to control it better. And by control it, I don't mean stuff my feelings and put up with crap. I mean that I find a way, work a routine, work a ritual that helps to dissipate the feelings of frustration, to calm my temper down, and to help me to come up with a workable solution of what I can do about the situation. So, and I know that because, like I said, this is the third time I've come out here and this hasn't worked. So, I, so this is a high frustration situation to begin with. So as I was lying there having my little rest, I was thinking, okay, you know, when I get up, I'm going to, you know, this solution, that solution, that solution. And I was like, you know what? I need to just leave this alone today. There's a lot of other things out at the farm that I can do that I want to do, that I want to get done, that I'm just going to focus on that I know that I can, that I can get done. That because here's step two or whatever number we're on. 
because first of all, I take myself out of the frustrating situation because I need to extract. I, because if it's still there, I'm, 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 it, it, I'm a ticking time bomb. So, and I don't mean I stomp off and slam doors or anything like that. Like I, I literally just walk, just extract myself from the situation so I can calm down. But then I find another really good thing to do is to do things that are not going to be frustrating. So things that you can have basically guaranteed success at. This would be a good time to throw a little laundry in, to run your dishwasher, to clean a part of your bathroom. Um, I mopped the floor a little bit. Um, it doesn't get dirty out here because we tend to, when we're out here, we're outside. So we tend to just come in here to eat and to sleep and, you know, kind of hang out in the evening and record podcasts. You know, so it's not like the house itself doesn't get like overly dirty. So there's not always a lot of cleaning to do, you know. So I was like, what, so what can I do here? You know, because there isn't that load of laundry to do or that dishwasher to load or a sink full of dishes to do or anything like that. So I was like, you know what, there's outside chores I can do. So um, before I came out here last time, I got this. And if you don't have one of these and you have a country property, oh my gosh. Now, I know you can get them from Amazon, and they're about, um, between $250 and $300. That's a lot of money. I don't know where you can get them in the States or overseas, but in Canada, you can go to Canadian Tire and get them for $100. And it's a cart, like it's like a wagon, for lack of a better term. So it's got like this kind of canvas, rectangle, wagon part with you know big wheels and good axles and a nice big handle that extends and even the handle like when you're not using it instead of letting it drop to the ground where you're going to trip over it it actually clips up so it's always just at the ready and it's adjustable in height so tall people can have it longer and short people can have it shorter and so I th so i bought one of those before i came out here last time and so i was like i'm gonna go do some wagony stuff so in the fall right before the snow came just right after the possession of the place, um, we cut down a bunch of trees, like seven or eight trees. Like we dropped about eight trees in two days um, because they were dead. One actually fell between the time that we had seen it for the last time and possession date, which was like three or four days, maybe a week tops, no longer than a week for sure. A big giant tree fell down. It didn't, and it was close to the house and it didn't hit the house, didn't hit the deck. It literally, it couldn't have dropped in a better spot. So we wanted to delim that and kind of cut that up. And then there were some other trees that we were like, okay, well, if this tree's going to fall over, then some of these other dead ones that are close to the house, we need to cut these down too. So we did that. So we've got a bunch and then we, you know, delimbed it. And because this was November, trying to remember that this was November. So like we didn't have, um, a lot of, we had a skiff of snow and it kind of came and went. Um, so we cut them down and we delimbed them and then we like cut them up into like 16, 12 to 16 inch pieces. And then just, and then weather came. So they've literally been sitting out where we cut them down all winter and all spring. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna use my hand. And the reason they've been sitting there is because I didn't have a way of getting them from where they were sitting to the woodshed to stack them because now, could I have taken them one or two pieces at a time and walked the incredibly long distance from point A to point B and put them in the shed? Yes, I could have. Was I going to do that? No. Um, remember, path of least resistance. That's kind of, my, that's kind of my thing. So, which is one of the reasons why I got this wagon. So I loaded up the wagon and I got, I don't know, four or five good loads in there. And so probably, I would say I got half of the logs picked up. And I was like, I feel really good about myself. Because that's a positive thing. So that's a positive for sure thing. Like you cannot mess up putting logs into a wagon and, and pulling the wagon to the woodshed and then stacking them in there. Like this is not going to go wrong. Um, so that was a positive thing. So that helps me again to bring me out of my frustration. That helps to, you know, tip that scale to where it's like, instead of going like, okay, everything's going wrong to, okay, out of all, like of 10 activities, one thing didn't go as planned, but nine things went okay. 
And for me, I find that that tipping the scale in, in that way helps to alleviate the frustration. So that even if, because I'm going to give the rototiller a try tomorrow morning when I get up. And even if tomorrow it doesn't start and I go back to the city for the third time without having this garden tilled where I can plant it, I'm going to be okay. The frustration is not going to get to the place that it was today because I've done enough things that it's just one thing out of a lot that didn't go right. And that's reasonable. You know, we can't expect everything we do every day, all day to go right. There's going to be things that don't go as planned. And because that's easy to accept and understand, it doesn't flare up my frustration. So that's what helps me. I also, you know, to, to do another thing, I, well, I, like I said, I mopped the floor, I, you know, got out the wagon and I did the wood. Um, I'm probably going to get the rest of it tomorrow morning. It's just, it was getting really hot and hot and muggy um, because we still kind of have, it's not really smoky from the forest fires that we've been having. It's, it's not bad, but there's still that a little bit, it's a little bit, plus the heat. Plus, like I said, we've been having thunder showers. So you've got that humidity. So it's, so you get hot and sweaty and I'm not 20 and the level of hot and sweaty that I was getting, I was just like, okay, I need to get in and rinse off my face and my hands and, and just, you know, have a drink and of water and, you know, sit near the fan for a bit. Um, so I will probably do the rest of it tomorrow morning because in the morning it's supposed to be cool. Like it, like tomorrow morning, I think it's supposed to be like 15 degrees Celsius. So significantly cooler. So I'll get the rest of it done. And then I'll be like, wow, that's a, a chore that literally every time we, you know, we, we all come out to the farm. It's like, oh, we need to get that. We need to get that. We need to get that done. We need to get that done. We need to get that done. So that's going to feel amazing because not only have I accomplished something without a hitch, but I've accomplished something that's been kind of on the to-do list for a while. The other thing that I did was I watered my garden, my four foot by four foot, um, raised bed garden that I built I I have to go back and f and and maybe I wrote it on the I hope I wrote it on the calendar if not it's probably in it's in my pictures are dated thank goodness for iPhones because you know it dates everything so if we were like when did I put that in we can scroll back and our pictures are all dated so like that's amazing um because I'm kind of thinking that it's been about a month that this stuff has been in and it is growing so good so good and I watered it like I said I watered it when I initially put it in um my oldest son watered it like once I don't think he watered it more than once and then I've watered it now today is the only second time I've watered it so as far as I know it's only been watered with a hose three times the rest of the time it's just been whatever rain has been coming down and like I said we've been having like really like hot, hot weather, like hot, hot weather, like not 20. It's, it's like, like I said, it's either we get a, a few days of like thunder showers and then we'll get like 25, 26, 28 degree weather for days. So a lot of heat. And I was kind of worried about that. Cause I'm like, okay, like, is this gonna, cause I'm not out here like every single day, you know? And I'm like, and in my, in town, like some of my stuff, like if it goes like a couple days without watering, it's starting to look like it's having some issues. Um, but I think it's the real, because I was really intentional of how I set this up. And so that all the layers in the lasagna of its dirt, it's more the dirt that's in there, but like for the, the, the dirt, like everything that it's growing in the growing medium, I guess we'll call it. I was very intentional about all the layers and about soaking all the layers and doing all this thing. And I think it was that intentional putting together of the bed and combination of planting it with seeds very intensely so that now that everything's grown up like when you walk over to that garden bed you cannot see the dirt there is no bare soil in one corner there is I'm going to pop a couple seeds in there or something else I'll probably do that tomorrow um, just because I don't want bare dirt because here's the thing with bare dirt first of all why leave open soil put something in there grow something that's the whole point of these things but second of all, when you do get rain or you water it or whatever, and it soaks up the soil, but that soil is now not exposed to like the wind or the sun 
because it's underneath all the plants, it retains its moisture so much better. So your garden bed does not dry out like it would if you, you know, planted it, you know, with the rows as far apart as they say on the seed packages. Um, you would have, first of all, it would dry out, you know, probably it would be dead by now, probably because it would have so much exposed soil, it would be dry from the wind and the sun. Second of all, weeds. Like if, if you leave open ground, weeds will grow there. And there is not one, and I mean not one, single weed in this garden bed because everything is planted so intensely there is no place for a weed seed to like blow through the air and land on the dirt because there's no exposed dirt um i'm really there must not be rabbits in this area or they hide for their lives or so i don't know i don't know maybe they don't like the lettuce i planted but nothing the tops of one side of the peas something is eating it it can't be deer because deer would clear cut that whole, they would bark that whole raised bed to the nub because that is just like a smorgasbord of everything they'd like to eat in there. Um, so I don't know why they're, they're not because I know there's deer around. I know there's rabbits around. So I don't, I'm not sure exactly why nothing's eating my garden, but I love it. It's great. So that was another success. So now we've got, you know, we've got, mopping the floor we've got a couple lo three loads of wood then we've got watering the garden and and taking the time to like just really as I'm watering it really be like wow this project turned out well it's growing even better than I thought it would and again those are things that are pulling out me out of my frustrated experience it's tipping the scales to where that the fact that that rototiller isn't starting instead of be, being this huge big thing that is just like nothing's ever working for me kind of mentality to where going ah, well that didn't work and it being one of kind of lost in the success the one thing that didn't work amongst all these other things that worked really well so I find that super super helpful to focus on do and not just sitting down because I'm sure that there's people and I do this too I have a gratitude journal and I write down what I'm grateful for and I am very mindful of all of the things I am grateful for all the blessings in my life because there are many blessings on the daily that I have and I could list them all off to you to write them down, I could write pages and pages and pages. That is not a problem for me. I do not have a problem being grateful for the things in my life at all. When I am in that moment of frustration, however, the thought of sitting down and writing in a gratitude journal, yeah, those that that's not a cohesive, I don't know if that's the right word. That's not what I want to do. That... <laughs> Like I said, when I'm in a good place, like I'm in a good place right now, the frustration has passed. To write in a gratitude journal right now, to talk about what I'm grateful for, oh, I could go on endlessly. When I'm in the heat of frustration, the thought of writing in a gratitude journal to get myself out of it is tantamount to somebody telling me to calm down. It gets that eye twitching, head tilting, like tick thing going. Like we're like, really? That's your solution? which is why I need the activity. I need to do things that are successful so that as I'm doing them, the activity itself, like, I don't know if force is the right word. It, it, it's the activity, it, 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 it's right in my face to be grateful for that success. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to ponder about it. I'm doing something that's successful and I'm grateful for that. And so it's, it, it's that process that I need. And it works. It works every time. Like a hundred percent of the time this works for me, you know? And then later, like I said, like now, now I'm not feeling frustrated. 
it's been, you know, that was like six, seven hours ago. And it's passed because I've done other things. I've lied down, taken a bead, taken myself out of the situation, had a little relax just to calm the physical physicalness of it all just to center myself and then started doing things that I can be successful at and these were things not like oh I hope this works I know that putting logs in the wagon and putting in the woodshed that's going to work I know that watering the garden is going to work and I love gardening and this garden bed is so successful that you cannot help but be filled with gratitude and a sense of accomplishment and just sheer joy like there's this part of me, like I have to, I'm going to harvest some lettuce tomorrow to take back down because it's at the harvesting point because it's that mescaline leaf lettucey stuff. And part of me is a little bit sad that I'm going to have to harvest it because it looks so beautiful. So make no mistake, I'll be taking some video and some pictures before I have to harvest it because of course, after you cut into it, it's not going to look that good anymore until it regrows. So... But it's going, but I'm going to enjoy eating that mescaline as well. Like I'm going to put it on sandwiches. I'm going to put it in salads and I am going to be like, this was the first thing that I grew on the farm and now I'm eating it like a hundred percent success. So it just works for me. It just works for me. And it's, it, it has to be those steps. I have to take myself out sit down or lie down and just take a minute just to like you know get that physical calmness going that physical stillness going and then i have to go and do things that i'm going to be successful at so that i'm tipping the scales away from the frustration so that the one thing that didn't work gets lost in the bunch of things that did work and that's what works for me that's what works for me so that's situational things what about if you're frustrated at people? What do you do when you're frustrated at people? Because people inevitably frustrate you. Here's some things that I try to stick to. I am not perfect. Let me preface that. There are times I've lost my temper and been a little bit yelly. I had a yelly childhood. So it's kind of a, you know, knee-jerk reaction. 98% of the time I can stop myself from doing that because I have, you know, done the work and become a better person and uh, found different ways of doing things that doesn't involve yelling. But people frustrate you, so what do you do? Because long time ago when I was still a yelly person, what I thought was, well, if I don't yell and scream and convince this other person that they're being frustrating and that they're wrong and that this is, you know, not how things should be going, then I was being a doormat. Those were the only, those were the only two roads you were taking. You were either right up in someone's face, shoving your opinion down their throat, explaining to them why they were wrong, usually at the top of your voice, or you just quietly sucked it up and were a doormat. And those to me were the only two options you had. Luckily, I have learned and grown since then. And here's some wisdom that I have gleaned along the way and hopefully it will help you. The first one was really hard. It was really easy for me to say once I knew about it, it was much harder for me to put it into practice. You are not any more right if you convince the other person that you're right. You're the same amount of right. So if you find yourself in a situation that is a repetitive situation where you seem to be explaining the same thing over and over again, but that other person is just not getting it or they're not agreeing or whatever but you are you are sure that you're right and i'm not talking in that narcissistic i'm right you're wrong sort of way where you're going no 
I am right because this point of view is, is part of my value system. It's part of my belief system. It, it's, it, it's integral to who I am as a person. Understand that if they're not getting that, it's okay for you to just stop explaining it. And to just extricate yourself from the conversation. Because the chances of you convincing them, especially if it's been something that's been reoccurring, is practically nil. What you're going to do in the process is become incredibly frustrated. And that doesn't need to happen. Because like I said, you are not more right if you convince someone else that you're right. You're the same amount of right. So it's okay if you're just like, you know what, I don't want to talk about this. Or there's nothing left to talk about. Or we've talked about this enough and my position has not changed. Those are okay statements to say. And it's okay. And you are not giving in. You are not giving up. You are not being a doormat by rationally, reasonably, in a quiet voice or a normal voice or whatever voice you want to use that isn't yelling, state those facts. You don't have to go to the mat for everything. It's okay to be like, you know what? It's fine that you and I don't think the same or that you and I don't have the same opinion or that you and I don't have the same values. Further conversation about those values, if they are not directed at someone who honestly wants to learn your point of view is a waste of time. Like, is it great to have intellectual conversations with somebody with a different point of view when both of you have the, have the um, mindset that you want to learn from the other person? Not necessarily change your point of view. You don't necessarily have to change your point of view. Like that's not, that's also not the only two options. It's like either keep my point of view or go over to their side. You can have an intelligent conversation that is calm, that is rational, where you are learning what the other person's point of view is, why they have that point of view, and still remain with your own point of view. And that's fine. As long as you were doing it, you know, like I said, when, when you're both coming at it with a point of like, oh no, I really want to know. Like, you know, how, how did you get to this value system or how did you get to this point of view or, you know, where is this coming from where you're, where you're trying to learn more about the other person. Those are great conversations to have. I have had several conversations with people over the years, uh, points of view. There are some things I won't discuss because there are some things where I'm not going to lie. I don't care about your point of view and I don't care about how you got there and I don't care why you're there because I think your point of view is wrong, which is why I don't engage in those conversations because that's not how you do a conversation. When you're having a conversation about someone with a differing point of view, if you're not going into it with the mindset that I want to learn from you, learn your point of view, learn your value system, then you shouldn't enter into those because what you're doing is entering into a fight and you shouldn't voluntarily walk into a fight. Cause that, cause you're, cause you're not, cause if some, if you're so hardlined about your point of view and they're that hardlined about their point of view, then what you're about to do is engage in a fight. You're going to call it. We're talking things over. We're learning. It's not, it's not because what you're going to try to do in that conversation is try to convince the other person why they're so wrong. That is not healthy. And I have done that because it's so tempting. It's so tempting when you can see so clearly the wrongness of the other person. And it's, and I know how that sounds when I say that, but sometimes it's really obvious where you're like, come on, if you asked a hundred people, they would come up with the answer. Everyone else would, is, thinks this and you're the only one who thinks that. Like where it's obvious. So those situations, just don't have the conversation because you're not going to get anywhere except a fight. And like I said, we're trying to manage our frustrations. We're trying to find ways to get out of frustrations, not find a way to dig ourselves into them. 
So yeah, so I had to learn sometimes to be like, nope, not going to have that conversation. Like I very rarely talk about politics with anyone other than my oldest son. Because we have not the same point of view, but a similar enough point of view that we can have an intelligent, articulate conversation where we can learn and grow from each other's opinions. Um, I do not talk about religion with other people either. Here's the thing though. Let me, let me qualify that. I don't talk to other people about the validity of their religious beliefs because that's personal and we all can believe whatever we want. However, I am very curious about other people's religious beliefs and what they all entail. And so I've had the blessing of having several different friends of several different faiths that have been so absolutely gracious that I've said to them, hey, can I just ask you a few questions? You know, like I've always wanted to know like a few things, like how does this work? How does that work? You know, how do you feel about that? You know, what is the reality versus the perception? Because, you know, when you're looking at someone else's religious practices from the outside, you might not know the significance of what they actually mean. Um, and so it's really nice to have a conversation about you know what those you know what those practices and rituals mean and what they mean as the religion what it means to them personally as a as a practicer of that faith and those are some of the most faith building i am not religious per se but i am very spiritual so so i find those conversations very spiritually enriching to have a, a conversation with someone about their religious beliefs and their practices and what it means to them personally. Um, I always find that they're some of the best conversations I've ever had with people, you know, cause it's quite an intimate conversation, you know, how you practice your faith, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, why you do your rosaries, you know, how do you feel about wearing a hijab, you know, um, what does Ramadan mean to you? You know, what are, what does the, the Advent mean to you at Christmas time? What, what about Easter? What about you know, New Year's? What about Chinese New Year? What, like, all of those things. And I like to hear their point of view. And so those are very interesting conversations. But do I have conversations with people about the validity of one religion versus the other? Absolutely not. Do I enter into conversations with people about the validity of people's sexual preferences? Absolutely not. Your sexual preferences are your own. Um, because we're trying to make sure that our day is not filled with frustrations. We do not need to be going out looking for fights. You know, we need to be going, okay, how do we get through the day without having as many frustrations as we possibly can? And having successful interactions with projects and with people and with other situations is what we should be going for, having those successful interactions. And finding a way, finding a system, finding a routine that should it not go our way for whatever reason, what are we doing? So what are we doing if someone frustrates us? I find the easiest way is the same thing I do when the rototiller doesn't start is I extricate myself from the situation to be like, I'm sorry, I can't continue this conversation or I can't continue this interaction. You know, have a good rest of your day and leave the situation because that's really, and I, and some of you are going to, I have a friend who I was giving this advice to just last night. And she was saying to me, she goes, that seems so rude. 
And I'm like, it's not. Setting physical and emotional boundaries for your mind, your body, and your environment is not rude. Have people always been like, yay, I'm glad she just walked away. And do I stomp off and slam the door? No, that's rude. I say to them, I can't continue this conversation, or I don't want to continue this conversation, or I don't want to continue this interaction, so I'm going to leave, or I'm going to end this phone conversation, or I'm going to end this text stream, or whatever. Have a good rest of your day. That's not rude. We are allowed to gatekeep our peace. It is okay to set a boundary on, you know what? I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get personally riled up. Or I don't find this situation comfortable. Or I don't find this situation productive. And it's okay for us to not continue in those conversations and in those situations. And the fact that so many, especially women, perceive it as rude to extricate themselves from those situations. I'm not going to blame society as a whole, but seriously, where did we come up with that idea? Oh, I know. Maybe it's because ever since we were little kids, we were told that girls have to be nice. And it's not nice. Don't be rude. Don't walk away from people. Don't end conversations. Like we're told, we're literally told from the time that we're small that this kind of behavior is rude. Why? Because I'm not going to get into whole men versus women thing, but I will just for half a second because men don't like it when you end the conversation. Because they're convinced that if they can keep you in the situation and or conversation long enough that they will sway you to their opinion. Or you, they will get you to agree with their point. And so for you to cut that opportunity for them short, they find that rude. Some women find it rude to do too. It's not. It's okay to be like, eh, nope, I don't want to talk about this. You know, or I'm done talking about this or I don't want to be here, or this situation is making me uncomfortable, or I don't want to continue with this conversation and or this situation. That is okay. We do not have to stay in conversations or situations that are not serving us, that are bringing us frustration, you know, are not serving the greater good, if you will. But we need to be brave enough to make that step and it's not easy it is not easy is it easier to stomp out of the room and slam the door yes it is is it easier to yell and scream and then stomp out of the room and slam the door yes it is but then you're still left frustrated so that really doesn't solve the problem to stop the situation before it gets to the point where you feel like slamming the door and stomping out of the room is the best Extricate yourself before that happens. You know, stop pulling, you know, stop trying to start the rototiller and just be like, this isn't going to start. And I'm just going to get angrier the longer I try this. So I'm just going to stop and I'm going to walk away. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to do that with projects. It's okay to do that with situations. It's okay to do that with people. And it's okay to do that with conversations, regardless of who it's with. Because there have been times, because I have a teenager at home, and 99% of the time, him and I are just in sync. We're kind of the same personality, but not so close that we're fighting. Um, so we're just different enough that we get along, but understand each other. And so it's really a lot of peace. A lot of peace, a lot of being on the same page, a lot of agreeing going on. It's lovely. However, he is a teenage boy and I am an older woman. So we are going to have differences of opinions on things or different ideas of how things should be. 
And once in a while, I find myself hearkening in my head to where I know I'm about to start yelling and lose my shit. And so I just say to him, I'm really mad right now and I'm really frustrated right now. So I'm going to go out for a bit. I'm going to go for a tea. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go see a friend, whatever. And then I do that because there we go. Extricating myself from the frustrating situation, giving myself time to physically calm down and then coming back with ideas on how to be successful. That's how I deal with my frustrations on a daily basis. Like I said, I'm not perfect. Once in a while, it's just full on. It's not. It's not. Like, oh my gosh, if I could tell you what I was like when I was 20, 25, it would just shock you. It would shock the people that know me today. They'd be like, you were never like that. Like, I have an older son. You could probably tell you a different story. And my older son and I, we laugh about it lots. Because we've talked about, you know, how that was and how that wasn't okay. And, you know, and he's been like, you were young. You did the best that you could. I'm like, I'm really grateful that you feel that way, but you don't really need to because that's not really an excuse. <coughs> Excuse me, choking a little bit. And so we've talked about it. We've worked through it. We've both said our piece, you know, We've acknowledged the fault where it lied. And so that was good. But I try to, for the majority of the part, stick to my way of dealing with my frustrations. And it has worked this week. It worked today with the rototiller. And I'm sure when the rototiller doesn't start tomorrow, it will work again. Because I will have built up enough success that I'll be like, eh, it's not going to start. So when my oldest son comes back from his fun camping trip... I'll be like, hey, can, I got the new spark plug in. Can you just give it a start? Buzz around with it. Get the ground all fluffy so that when I come out, you know, in the next couple days, I can just plant again. And that'll be that. And it'll be fine. And whatever. It will be what it is. So like every time on the Mama Mentor podcast, take my suggestions as what will work for you. Pick out what you think you're like, yeah, that sounds good. Or I could try that and toss the rest. You know, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just here to tell you what works for me and have some fun conversation with you guys. And I always love it. And I'm really looking forward at some of the guests I'm going to be having um, over the next couple months. I've got some really great, wonderful women, inspiring women, uplifting women, just of all different just areas of my life um gonna be a guest and i think you're really gonna enjoy them so i hope you have a wonderful day i will see you in the next one love you tons bye bye <laughs>